Welcome to this edition of Rural Perspectives, brought to you by Egg Country Farm Credit Services. I'm Megan Overby for the Red River Farm Network. And joining this week's podcast is Katie Tangen, Market Education Specialist with Egg Country. Katie, thanks so much again, as always, for taking some time to talk. Yeah, no problem. How are you, Megan? Good. What about yourself? Oh, pretty good. Well, Katie, I know you've certainly been keeping busy trying to keep up with everything that's been going on as it relates to crop conditions, weather, and how some of those are being perceived by the market. And so first and foremost, let's start here at our home base and top crop crop conditions. Uh, what, what are we seeing along the countryside, especially as harvest begins in many of the places? You know, I think for North Dakota, Northwestern Minnesota, obviously wheat harvest has been the focus. And depending where you're at, we might be just wrapping up in the southern end of the valley as you move further north and then more into North Dakota, uh, central North Dakota. It's still underway. And I think for the most part, um, yields have been pretty good. Quality's average. I don't know if anyone's overly thrilled with the stuff that has been harvested, but it's it's not bad. Unfortunately, as we approach the end of last week, um, we had some very heavy rains that moved through kind of the Central Valley, maybe a little bit further north. We had some storms uh, again later this week, and it's kind of not nearly as bad as what we saw in 2019, but it's certainly not the kind of harvest conditions that people wanted to see shaping up for spring wheat. And and I think, um, you know, as you start to get even with about Grand Forks, and a little bit maybe more into Minnesota, we are seeing some quality problems start to rise from that excess excess moisture that we've seen. Um, right now, it looks like we might have a, a decent window here, so we should be able to get some things off. But it, it just depends on how much rain guys received this week or uh, last part of, of the prior week. So I, I think there's some hesitancy about that. But overall, uh, wheat crop, pretty good shape. Um, winter wheat crop was excellent, especially up through South Dakota. Uh, we had some areas that saw extremely high yields. So unless you were in those areas and unfortunately had too much rain, I think you're pretty satisfied with, with wheat right now. As we look at corn and soybeans, um, obviously we're not at harvest yet, uh, Crop conditions look pretty good throughout in the valley, but what a lot of people are focusing on is, you know, obviously USDA's weekly reports, but we also have Pro Farmer Crop Tour this week, and that always gets a lot of chatter, a lot of talk, and I think the very first thing we have to kind of preface this conversation with is Pro Farmer's numbers are not going to match USDA's. They are two totally different statistical methods. They operate differently. They both give us nice guidelines as to the condition of the crop right now, as to what direction we might be headed, but they're not going, just because, um, you know, Pro Farmer says one number and USDA says another, it doesn't mean either one of them are right or either one of them are wrong. We kind of have to compare Pro Farmer to Pro Farmer and USDA to USDA year over year to get, get the best estimate. And so, Katie, obviously what they're seeing on some of that crop tour as well across the heart of the Corn Belt is particularly in Iowa where that derecho tore through 
you know, what are we hearing about that crop? And obviously, it's still a pretty hot talking point within the market uh, realm of things. It is, and I don't, I don't know that we're ever going to have a, a perfect answer to exactly how much damage was done, um, or if we're going to be able to quantify it before harvest. But what we did see from the pro farmer crop tours, yes, there are areas that have been impacted. Yes, there are some areas where the fields are flat um, and the stocks are broken off, and yeah, those those ones will struggle. However, I would also say that there's other areas where, you know, like I said, the, the stocks might be bent over, but they're not broken. Um, might be tough to pick up, but the crop is still there. It might not uh, mature as evenly as they would like. It might be a pain to harvest, but it's still there. I think the other part, as much as the derecho got headlines, is that Iowa was also dry, even before the derecho went through. So there was already some areas, particularly in the central, west central part of Iowa, that had already seen yield impacts because of that dry weather. And that did show up in the numbers um, from Pro Farmer in that Iowa, they're projecting to be down about three, uh, three bushels or so from last year. Um, and obviously last year wasn't a great year either. So are they going to have a spectacular crop in Iowa? No. Is it enough to drive the market higher? I think that's going to be awfully tough considering one, how large the carryout is already. And two, we have some very, very nice crops in other areas of the U.S. And so, Katie, is there anything else? I know weather and harvest are a big thing in the markets right now. Anything else that they continue to monitor or watch or pick up on? You know, I think there's a little bit of discussion yet on the trade um, talks, the trade situation uh, with China. You know, I don't know that it has an immediate impact on the market. Long term, it very well might. It also gets a little bit sticky because we have a presidential election. And so we don't you know, past November, it's really hard to say what might be going on. So it's on the back burner. I don't think it's going to make headlines anytime soon, but I do think there's always that kind of risk in the back of the market. We would like to see um, sales continue. We've had some very, very nice sales, uh, especially of corn to China, but also of soybeans through this summer. And we'd like to see that continue. It looks like uh, China does have to replenish some of their internal stocks. I don't know if that really sets us up for a long-term buy, but if they're, they're going to take some of the massive carryout, you know, I, I'm sure there's nobody that's going to hesitate to sell it to them right now. So um, that's some good news, and those are things I think we're going to watch as we get into mid-September. So, Katie, as we wrap up another edition of Rural Perspectives, any final reminders for farmers out there? I know, especially for those maybe like you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the podcast, who are running into some quality issues or have had some crop damage. Uh, any Anything as we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, it's been a tough year. Last year, everyone was hoping for a much better year this year, and it's certainly been a different year, uh, but there's, there continues to be some struggles. And I think the first part is, you know, if you need to talk to someone, make sure you're doing that. And then the other part is, Let's focus on what we can control. If we have some tough quality issues, you know, we can't we can't change that now. But what we can do is see, 
you know, where we can generate the cash flow, if we can get stuff kind of cleaned up and in shape before we get to the bulk of soybean and corn harvest, because at that point, elevators are not really focusing on the wheat anymore. Um, can we hold some of that poorer quality and get past harvest so that maybe those discounts lessen a little bit? Those are all things that I, I think we need to ask ourselves. Well, very good, Katie. Thanks so much for taking time to talk with us this week. Thank you, Megan. That's the latest edition of Rural Perspectives, made possible by Egg Country Farm Credit Services. You can find out more by visiting eggcountry.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Megan Overby for the Red River Farm Network.